Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Here you go. Here you go. Two strikes is the nothing personal word of the day. It is Monday, May 15th, 2023. Welcome to Nothing Personal. We are live on the Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel. And if you're not watching this live, you're missing out. Although you could be hearing it. Two strikes. Normally it's one, two, three strikes. You're out. Are there circumstances under which two strikes may just be enough? Well, we're going to find out. Since this weekend, we were supposed to be focused on NBA playoffs and the greatness of a game seven, getting ready for conference finals, watching LeBron go one more time, Jokic getting his first title, the Heat doing the most unbelievable thing and getting back to the Eastern Conference Finals. But no, time stands still and John Morant gets his second strike. Yes, John Morant, the player for the Memphis Grizzlies, the same player who's had just a few that was a, quite a voice crack for Monday morning. Just a few off-field incidents. Let's start with the lawsuit that we discussed only last week when he didn't make the All-NBA team. The fact that he beat up a teenager, a teenager may have beaten him up, him up. We don't exactly know what happened. We do know that he was in the strip club with the gun. We know we had the gun. We know we had the money. And we know that he was suspended eight games. And we know that he was apologetic. I want to remind you what John Morant said after he got in trouble only a short while ago this season. It was a very simple quote. It's not who I am, John Morant said. I don't condone any type of violence, but I take full responsibility for my actions. I made a bad mistake. And here's the good one. But in the future, I'm going to show everybody who Ja really is, what I'm about, and change this narrative. Standing ovation. Congratulations, Ja. You've done that. You've showed everybody exactly who you are. And you are a gun-toting individual who's rich and prefers street life to basketball life. And now you're this close to living solely in street life and not basketball life. He has a friend, and I use that word loosely. I do not know the relationship between him and Devontae Pack. I don't know it. Are they best friends, good friends, no friends? All I know is Devontae Pack was with him during the teenager incident. And I know that this weekend, Devontae Pack had a live Instagram or an Instagram video where John Morant was in it, and John Morant again had a gun. Good news. Way to go, Pac-Man. You deleted the Instagram video. Phew. Now no one's going to see it. No one saw it. This thing went viral like herpes simplex too. John Morant has an immediate problem. Memphis 
took five seconds this time. The Grizzlies organization suspended him from all baseball-related activities pending further review. Very impressive. They're in the offseason. Baseball-related activities, I guess they won't send him a playbook. I guess he can't go to A-Rod's house and do a workout in L.A. or Minnesota. I guess he can't go to any charity events. That must be crushing. Can't meet season ticket holders. Darn. Pretty sure that players aren't getting paid during the offseason. They get paid during the season. How many game days did they suspend him for? Currently zero. Here's the problem that the Grizzlies and the NBA currently have. They have a superstar, not a role player. He'd be out of the league. Not a bench player, out of the league. An all-NBA seventh team, out of the league. This is an all-NBA player, fourth team this year, with the skills and ability to be all-NBA first team. About to start a five-year extension where he already didn't get the max because he didn't make the all-NBA team. Go look at a few uh, past episode when we discuss that. But this is someone who is charismatic on the court, shows a love of the game, has a skill and a talent that brought a city to life and made the Memphis Grizzlies a national TV phenomena from jerseys to eyeballs, and now done. You think that any broadcast partner wants to be a part of the Memphis Grizzlies? You think when the NBA goes out and sells their new national deal, where they're trying to triple their current rights deal, they're going to feature a video with John Morant. They're going to pretend John Morant doesn't exist. The Grizzlies, as an organization, have to decide we're in bed with John Morant. Is this where we want to be? My name is David Sampson. I was the president of a team for 18 years. Guess what? I'm knock, knock, knocking on my lawyer's door and going through all the cause provisions in his contract because I want to void the contract. I do not want him to be the face of my franchise. Why? Because there is a really good likelihood that this John Morant is John Morant. And all of the comments that he made about he's changed, I've changed, I'm going to change the narrative, We've spoken to players before about who they hang out with. You got to be very careful. And I have certainly failed more than I've succeeded. Not for lack of trying. How many people want to hear when some person in management, especially a 5'5 guy who was young at the time and then older. I used to be the same age as the players and then became older than the players because they stay the same age. I didn't. Who wants to hear me sit in the clubhouse with them and say, you know, I'm concerned with who you're hanging out with. I'm not all that pleased with your off the court activities. You look like crap. It's impacting your play. You're not getting sleep. I'm heading out of the hotel lobby to go for a run and you're heading in. This is happening time and time again. It's a matter of time. It's when, not if, that you will not be able to perform at the level you're able to perform. But I've got a guaranteed contract, Dave. I hear you, but just know we're watching. We love you, but we're watching. So I had these conversations, and guess what? They don't work all the time. Sometimes they do. What is commonality of circumstance when they don't work? It is when a player is surrounded by other people who they've been around for a very long time and they believe those are the people who protect them. 
Those are the people who insulate them. Those are the people who have been loyal to them and they want to be loyal. And I've pointed out myriad times, those people will disappear the minute you do not have a dollar. They'll disappear, but people don't see it. Guilty. I've not noticed that many times. I had a lot of people around me as president of the Marlins and all of a sudden, poof, poof, poof. Magic dragon, man. They disappear when you're no longer a president of a team. Can't wait for them to try to come back when this thing becomes even bigger, which in many ways already is. No, not welcome back. You are not welcomed back. So I'm going to go to John Morant and say, I don't want you to see him pack anymore. And what do you think John Morant's going to say to that? He's going to say, I want to hang out with Devontae Pack because he's my guy. But Ja, look what you do when you're with him. Look at the lies that you tell. Look what Adam Silver, the commissioner, said about you. This is Adam Silver saying that Ja has also made it clear to me that he learned from this incident and that he understands his obligations and responsibility. You have now embarrassed Adam Silver. You've embarrassed our team. You've embarrassed our coach, Taylor Jenkins, who also came out and said how much you've learned and how much you've changed. Two strikes. That's all you get, Ja. So here's how this ends. Ja Morant, you need to tell Devontae Pack that you no longer are going to see him at all. You need to not ever touch a gun again at all, ever. Sadly, or not, depending on your point of view, no more strip clubs. You are now going to be a model citizen on and off the court. You are going to have the third strike of you meeting the media, not a statement. I want to see your face. I want to see it come out of your mouth. Choose someone. Oprah, I don't care who. I want you sitting in front of someone and giving an interview that you are the luckiest person alive because you went right to the edge and it almost cost you your life and your livelihood. And now you found God. You found responsibility. And I'm not going to tell you with words. I'm going to tell you with actions and the actions start today. That's what John Morant has to do. And guess what? John Morant's going to have plenty of time to figure out his next step because the NBA who's investigating this incident is guaranteed suspending John Morant. The NBA has worked for decades to change its reputation amongst its ticket holders, sponsors, and partners. They don't want to be associated with guns and gambling and drugs. They want to be associated with beauty, with traveling, with three-point shooting, and with players who represent the NBA with the plum. John Morant is going to get suspended for half a season next year. It's going to cost him $20 million. He's going to appeal that suspension, and it will be brought down. It'll be brought down to maybe twenty-five. As a matter of fact, Coca, the reason I'm worked up about this is that I never had the talent that John Morant had, ever. I can't stand when I've seen players waste talent. John Morant already wasted $39 million of talent when he didn't make the All-NBA team. Now, with his suspension, 
he's going to be throwing away another 10, 20 million bucks easily. Do you think he looks in the mirror and says, I'm so rich that I don't care. I don't need to have more money. These are the same players who end up bankrupt. This is the same example of why when we're negotiating with the union, we say this level of guaranteed money is too much. It's not even helpful for the player. It's like someone winning the lottery and ending up broke, destitute, and in jail. The official wait to see is that John Morant is going to get suspended for his actions, and that suspension will last half a season, 41 games. It will be lowered on appeal, but he will miss a large chunk of next season. That's the official wait to see. What I want you to follow is what he does next. Because if he does not listen to me and show a level of contrition that makes his last level of contrition look like he was doing it stoned and lying to you, then John Morant may simply be done. The Memphis Grizzlies are not going to trade John Morant. They're not going to release John Morant. Even if they find a way to terminate his contract for cause, which they won't, they still would not terminate the contract because John Morant is John Morant. And with two strikes, John Morant is still better than just about everybody in the NBA. The problem is that once he gets the third strike, then he's about as useful as I am to an NBA team. This situation is going to be followed and continue to be discussed. His partners have to decide what they're going to do. His shoe deals, his drink deals, everyone associated with John Morant had a bad weekend and they're tired of it. No one wants to waste their weekend getting a call saying that one of our players or one of our people who we sponsor did it again. Nobody. I've gotten the calls. Trust me. Coca, no, I don't, I don't agree. The sit down that he did with Jalen Rose, not good enough. He did do that after his last time. I'm talking a brand new non-ESPN, non-sport sit down. That's why I said Oprah. He needs to find someone where he can do a mea culpa that we actually believe. All right, can we can we talk about games now? 14 minutes, John Morant. 14 minutes you took of our show. Unnecessarily embarrassing. Game seven mentality, whether you're at home or on the road, goes like this. When you go into a game seven, you believe that if you have home court advantage that you are going to win the game, and you believe that if you're on the road for a game seven, that you're going to be part of something historic. You're going to be one of the few teams that prevails in a game seven on the road. You're going to etch your name in history. You're going to finally get over the hump. If you're the Philadelphia 76ers, you walked into Boston Garden. You walked into that dim, dull, unair conditioned locker room from the Red Arback days, and you said, we're going to make history. We are going to finally be able to show everybody, not that Josh Harris is the best owner in town, but that we have the best process in town. Sixers come in, they have a lead after a quarter, tight game at the half, and they absolutely took a crap in the third quarter. Doc Rivers and the Philadelphia 76ers have been eliminated from the NBA playoffs. Jason Tatum of the Celtics had a historic day. 
He broke Steph Curry's record from a few weeks ago of 50 points and scored 51. Yes, Jason Tatum, the one who couldn't hit the ocean from 10 feet in the first half of the last game, now had 51 points. But I'm not even focused on the Celtics. I'm not focused on the fact that the Celtics are going back to the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm not focused on the success that they've had. And all of you, all of the talking heads who said, without Udoka, the Celtics don't have a chance. They brought in this young guy. Get rid of him. He doesn't, he's over his head. Doesn't know how to call timeouts. You feeling better now? Let's focus on the Sixers. Let's focus on Joel Embiid, the MVP. Let's focus on him and Harden, the big two. Supposed to somehow combine to have success in the playoffs. Here's what they've done together. Nothing. They get eliminated in the second round every year. Way to go. They win a bunch of regular season games. Hip, hip, hooray. They overpay complimentary players. Great. My frustration with the Philadelphia 76ers is that I got lazy. David Sampson, I got lazy. My lazy take is that I guess you shouldn't trust the process. I guess the process didn't work. And I needed a game seven in 2023 to tell you that the process didn't work. Rebuilds work if they result in rings. Because that's all anyone cares about. Don't at me with, oh, they make the playoffs every year. Oh, what a great run they've made. They've won a round in the playoffs every year. They just lose in the second round. The Philadelphia 76ers have not made it to the conference finals since 2001. In 22 years, you can do, I, in 18 years, did like six rebuilds. It's not one process. Embiid's process, the process of them being bad and getting Fultz and getting Embiid and all the other people they got, it's over. I am no longer allowing anyone to tweet in my atmosphere. I'm going to read about it, of course, from Sixer people who want to still say, hey, this is a process. No, it's done. The owners of the 76ers need a new process. And it's time for them to get a new coach. When you have a coach who does really well during the regular season, has a title on his resume, is someone who I used to love as a player, who's had great success in a lot of different places. We're talking about Glenn Doc Rivers, who is one of the most successful head coaches, regular season, with a ring, playoff head coach. But in the NBA, they're firing coaches who are coaches of the year, who get to the finals, who win championships, and they're firing them. What exactly has Doc Rivers done for the Philadelphia 76ers? The owners of the Sixers are going to be very distracted by the other things they're involved in. Yes, the commanders. It's like saying that John Henry with Fenway Sports Group can't focus on the Red Sox because they've got Liverpool and they've got the Pittsburgh Penguins and they've got Roush Racing or all the other things they do. Trust me, there's plenty of time in the day for owners of multiple sports teams to call up their GM and say, fire the coach. There may not be time for the deepest of dives or the most of meddlings, which makes it the most dangerous because the owners who own multiple teams meddle just as much, but they know half as much. 
because they're spread out over a bunch of different things. The shiny new toy for Harris is the commanders, not the Sixers. The way this works is, hey, get rid of them. I'm really sorry. Start again. Doc Rivers, after the game, would not even discuss in the way that I expected him to his lack of ability in game seven. He's now lost more game sevens, 10 of them, than any coach in history. Silver lining, he's had a lot of game sevens. Therefore, he's a playoff coach. True. But when you can't win the big one and game seven's the big one, that's when you move on. How many more opportunities do you have in Philadelphia to continue not to blame Doc and to say this is all part of, quote, the process? That has now expired. When you have a 3-2 lead going home and you have a chance to make the conference finals at home with a lead with four minutes left, and then all of a sudden the offense disappears and your star MVP player complains after the game that he did not get a touch at the end of game six, and then he gets 18 shots in game seven, only makes five of them, does a press conference after where he says, hey, Doc's been good, gave it a try, but James and I can't do it alone. What he should have said is, I can't do it alone. When James Harden's hitting shots, he's good, a good complimentary piece. But the majority of times, James Harden has become Kevin Durant. Older players who used to be MVPs who will never be MVPs again. And if you're trying to build your team and actually win championships, you need players on the rise, not names and players on the decline. But this is what new owners do. This is what old owners do. This is what people do who don't understand how to run a team. They are seduced by the name. I think it's pretty safe to say that those who get seduced by something, by definition, that's a word that in my mind is pejorative. Seduced is, I guess people can say it's positive. Hey, Mrs. Robinson, are you trying to seduce me? That may not be the exact line, but it's when someone is coming on to you in a physical way, in a sexual way. It happens in business a lot. People at lunches, everyone's just trying to seduce each other at a business lunch. You're trying to get someone to want to do business with you, to feel good about doing business with you, to allow you to do business with them. I'm fascinated by it all. I'm fascinated by what the Sixers have done over the years. I'm fascinated by the fact that they thought Jimmy Butler was done. Get rid of him. I'm fascinated that the Sixers thought that Ben Simmons was a piece that they could win a championship with. I'm fascinated by the fact that the Heat with Butler is successful and the Sixers without Butler are not. I just wonder how the post-game, post-season meeting is going to go. All right, let me do it for one second, Coca. Ready? Hey, Doc, can you come in tomorrow? Yeah, I'll be there. Let me just get home from Boston first. It's quick. We have a plane. It's not even a train. You don't have to take Amtrak. We're going to get you right back to Philly. Go in, pack your stuff, come meet with me. What happened? You know, we just couldn't hit shots. It's one of those things. If our MVP is going to go five for 18, we're going to lose. If Embiid and Harden combined for eight for 29, we're going to lose. That's just bad luck. That's not bad coaching. That's bad luck. Josh Harris will look at him and say, hey, Blitz, what do you think? Are we buying it? 
I'm not buying it. Doc Rivers is going to be let go. He's going to be let go. All right. What else do we want to talk about with the NBA? I mean, we got to talk about Monty Williams. Do you want to go to a break first and then talk about Monty Williams? All right, let's do that. Let's go to a break. When we come back, we're going to review the new Ben Affleck-directed movie that Adnan Verk has in his top five Affleck movies called Air. And then we're going to talk about what happened with Monty Williams, apropos of what is going to happen to Doc Rivers. It's not a great time to be a coach in the NBA. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. Thanks for being with us. Please rate, review, tell your friends about Nothing Personal. And if you want, you can chat with Coca during the actual show at 8 a.m. Eastern. He told me he does that. I have no proof of that, so he may not. Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel. We're live. All right, I finally watched Air because it was available on Prime. If you have Amazon Prime, it's free to you. I mean, you have to pay for Prime, but otherwise it's free to you. Air is a movie that stars Matt Damon as Sonny Vaccaro. Ben Affleck as Phil Knight. Jason Bateman is in the movie playing a marketing guy. He's famous. He's the one who did all the Nike commercials. What's really cool about a movie is when you know how it ends and you're still happy when it happens. Spoiler alert. Michael Jordan goes with Nike. Sorry, guys. At Lebetard, I don't mean to spoil Michael Jordan chose Nike. Got it? This is the story of how he chose Nike. Is it true? Some of it. Is it made better for dramatic purposes? Yeah. Do they put two great caliber actors in a room and say, give me a great scene? Viola Davis, who Michael Jordan wanted to play his mother. Michael Jordan wanted his mother to have a big part in this movie, played by Viola Davis. So all of a sudden, boom, you get a scene with Sonny Vaccaro and Viola Davis that's powerful. Then you get a Matt Damon Oscar attempted scene when he tries to convince Michael Jordan to go to Nike and we know that it's going to work. Then we've got a character played by Chris Tucker, who I hadn't seen in a movie in a long time, 
who was also instrumental. This is a movie with more 80s references than any other movie I've seen since the 80s. Even better than Hot Tub Time Machine. It's unreal. The amount of money they paid for music makes me laugh. And then I read that they wanted two other songs, but they were too expensive. They were budget breakers. Meanwhile, it was an 80s orgy of music for no particular reason. The way Ben Affleck used 80s imagery to put you in the time, just tell me that it's 1984. You don't have to do anything else, but I don't need to see a Rubik's Cube on a desk. I don't need to see people playing a certain Mattel electronics game. I don't need them to be dressed that way, although it's fine if you want to make it a period piece. The 80s are now a period piece. For 36% of my audience, of our audience, get ready for what I'm about to say because it's going to depress you. For the other 74%, you're not going to care. We are now as far away from the 80s as the 1940s were when we were in the 80s. Now go back and think to our life in the 80s and think about what we thought of the 1940s. The 1940s, I, I don't even, I, I couldn't even comprehend what the 1940s were. Are we talking about the war? Like the Holocaust, that's 1940s. That's how far away the 40s were when we were in the 80s. Guess what? People today, our age, meaning teenagers today in the 20s, look back at the 80s in the exact same way. That really impacted me as I was watching this movie because I did that math and I realized that we're talking 40 years, 40 years since Jordan in 1984 did Jordan and started to become Jordan. The movie makes it clear what happened to Jordan. One of the funniest parts of the movie is Phil Knight, the brilliant Nike guy who said, don't worry, we'll give him a piece of the action. Those shoes make like most we ever sell is 3 million worth of shoes. Air Jordan sold 162 million their first year. Michael Jordan gets almost half a billion dollars a year still in proceeds from Air Jordans. Love it. It's the greatest success story in the history of business, what Michael Jordan was able to negotiate. His agent was David Falk, who's someone who I tried as a kid. He was the agent for Patrick Ewing and the agent for Jordan. And I really wanted to get involved with him. And he would not give me the time of day. I met him maybe three times. I tried to, this is before I got into baseball. I was in law school and I tried to give him a resume and a cover letter. Just wanted a meeting. No, nothing would not give me a minute. Hey, David, I'll remember that. Air is worth seeing. Even if you know the story, please go see it. All right, Coca. You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. Double feature, half-baked and air. You don't need to be baked to see air, but you should be baked to watch half-baked. Dear David, this is a question that came on Twitter, at David P. Samson. You have said that the new Suns owner is making mistakes. Is firing the coach a mistake? It's a very simple question. I appreciate that. For those who were focused on John Morant or other such things, Monty Williams got canned. Monty Williams, four seasons as a head coach. The Suns have been really good under Monty Williams, like coach of the year type good. He won 51 games in 2021. 
and lost in the NBA Finals. He won 64 games in 2022, Coach of the Year. Won only 45 games this year, lots of injuries. 45 games and lost in the conference semifinals. One of the reasons why they were not as good this year is not because of Monty Williams. It's because of Matt Ishbia. Matt Ishbia is the latest and greatest example of new owner-itis. Let's talk about Matt Ishbia. How's he done? Took over in February of 2023. Number one, I don't care. Get me Kevin Durant. Uh, I'm going to be famous. I'm going to bring a championship to the desert. I'm going to show these fans that I know what I'm doing. I don't care if you have to trade away the bench and trade away every first round pick. Get me Kevin Durant. To which the Brooklyn Nets said, hell yeah. Kevin Durant is like 50 million bucks left over three seasons. And guess what? He's only okay. Not an MVP player anymore. But Matt Ishbia made the biggest trade in his mind. Guaranteed championship. All right, what else? Matt Ishbia. I know what to do to make this team better. Get me Isaiah Thomas. I'm not going to use him. Oh, yes, I am. That's two. Number three, Matt Ishbia with that incident with Jokic. Give me a break. How about Matt Ishbia? I'm here for the fans. I'm going to give you a free TV deal. Uh, Your Honor, I want to give my fans free TV. I want to let everyone see the games. I want everyone to love me because no one ever loved me when I was getting rich in the mortgage business. But now that I'm an owner, I think that I'm going to be super popular. And I think people are going to want my autograph and want to take pictures with me. And it's going to give me a raison d'etre. It's going to make up for all those times that I wasn't loved. Here, fans, enjoy our games. And eh. the court already reversed it. Nice try. All right. What a disappointing loss. I got to do something. We got to do something. I got to do something. That's what new owners do. Whenever something bad happens, that there's a reason that it happened. Like, wow, you lost to a better team. Or, wow, you brought in a player who we told you wasn't going to make us better. Wow, we have Aiton who we're paying $50 million a year to. My bad, $30 million a year. You didn't sign that, but you inherited it. God, that's crappy. We've got Booker, who's a great player. Worth the $50 million he gets, but we need someone around him. Somehow. Chris Paul, great player. Old. Gets hurt. We need a better team. No, no. Here's what we need. We need to fire Monty Williams. Here's my view of new owners bringing in their own people. I'm familiar with this, and I'm good with it. What I don't like is how we all lie to you. And now I don't have to lie to you anymore because I'm not in the business anymore. I'm in the business of telling you what goes on. Monty Williams had one chance of staying head coach of the Phoenix Suns once Ishbia took over and once Isaiah Thomas had his ear. One chance. And that was to win the NBA Finals. Not make the NBA Finals, win the championship. Then he would have been forced, Ishbia would have been forced to keep Monty Williams. Then the minute Monty Williams did not win, Ishbia would have been allowed to fire him. And he would have gone on the list of championship coaches with Nick Nurse and Budenholzer who keep getting fired after winning championships. I am good with owners bringing in their own people. They want that. Just like GMs want their own managers and GMs want their own coaches. I get it. But why not be forward-facing with your fan base? 
why not say the minute you come in, listen, normally no one would say this because they don't want to put pressure on their coach or on their GM. Do you think that Monty Williams felt that his job was in jeopardy the minute the team was sold to Ishbia? Or do you think that Monty Williams said, hey, Ishbia is just like Sarver. We're good. Doesn't matter what happens. Do you think that if Monty Williams read what Ishbia was saying to the fans, that Monty Williams would have said, oh my God, now I'm nervous. Now I feel like my job's in jeopardy. That's not how it works. When you have a new owner, everyone in those positions, coach, GM, team president, they're all aware that their jobs are in jeopardy. They're all aware that they are likely to be replaced. It doesn't matter what is said publicly. They're not going to be embarrassed by it. Oh, but we want the players not to think that there's any sort of disruption that could happen. What do you think? Players are idiots? The players know when a new owner's around that things are changing. And here's a little nugget for you. The players don't actually care. Every time the player says, oh, I like my coach. I support my coach. I don't believe it's the coach's problem. The coaches did the best they could. It's the player problem. We've got to complete the passes. We've got to get the hits. We've got to pitch better. We've got to make the shots. This is like a Tuesday. Standard operating procedure for what players say. So what would have been wrong with Ishbia telling you up front, hey, I'm probably going to bring in my own coach. We're going to let this year play out and then take it from there. Great. Instead, we get news that he's fired. Is it a mistake to fire Monty Williams? No. For crying out loud, five of the past seven coaches of the year, they've been fired. Do you know that nine coaches have taken their team to the finals in the past eight years? Nine separate coaches. Guess how many are still coaching that team? Eric Spolstra and Steve Kerr. Let me think just for a minute. What do the Heat and the Warriors have in mind? Four, six, nine. What do the Heat and the Warriors have in common? Let's think about it. Hmm. Consistent winning. That's what they have in mind. Is that related to consistent coaching? Is that related to consistent leadership? Is that related to having a plan and sticking to it and not subjecting your team to the vagaries of a particular season or a particular playoff result, but looking at the overall body of work? Did you know that the Warriors under Steve Kerr had a year that was horrific? They didn't make the playoffs. They stunk. There were injuries, but they stunk. Do you think that the Warriors are going to fire Steve Kerr because the Warriors lost to the Lakers and were eliminated by the Lakers? No, because they're a better organization. We had the Warriors plus two actually against the Lakers. I really thought there'd be a game seven yesterday and the Lakers just crushed them. A terrible performance by the Warriors. Steve Kerr was outstanding after that loss. A clinic in what to say when you lose to a team. He said, to be fair, I think this team ultimately maxed out. We were barely in the playoff picture most of the year. This is not a championship team. Hell yeah. So what do you do when you're not a championship team for the majority of the year and you get hot and then you get the illusion you're going to have a playoff round of success and then you don't? Here's what you do. 
you don't run it back. Don't forget the Warriors season started with that major problem between Draymond Green and Jordan Poole. Don't forget that that problem does not just go away. They keep it in-house. They move on and change the narrative. But the reality is that in that locker room, that problem persisted the entire year. When you run a team that has two players who cannot coexist, you make a choice. You let it ride for the season. Can we get through it? And when you can't, you make a choice. You cannot bring back Draymond Green and Jordan Poole. You have got to find a way. Have to. And they will. The reason the Warriors will find a way to do this is that their players and their coaches agree with one thing that happened this season. They weren't good enough. They couldn't repeat as champions. They were missing something. Missing the drive, missing the chemistry, missing the talent, standing still while others get better. I hate the concept of let's run it back. So many people in the media and so many fans say the same thing. A real show of support to this community will be if you run it back. No, that's the lazy way to run your team. Running it back doesn't work. Always be changing because in my mind, you're either getting better or getting worse. Nothing, nobody stays the same. You're either getting better or you're getting worse. Are the Warriors still getting better with this same crew of players or are they getting worse? The Warriors will make changes. I'm going to do a double wait to see today because I'm so serious about this with the Warriors. They're going to keep Steve Kerr. That's not the way to see. But official way to see is that one of Jordan Poole and Draymond Green will not be back. They cannot do any sort of meeting in Iceland resulting in some sort of peace. Maybe a plaque with people shaking hands. Maybe you get Reagan and Gorbachev getting together. No, not going to happen. Make that official. Jordan Poole has some provision in the contract that will make it hard to trade. Draymond Green as well. They will find a way. The best teams always find a way. We also watched on Friday the debut of Yuri Perez. We lost that game. Perez and the Marlins. We had them beating the Reds. They lost two of their first three games to the Reds. I want to talk about what it is to bring up an ace. They expect Yuri Perez to be an ace. He threw four and two thirds. He's already being compared to the best young pitcher the Marlins ever had, which is Jose Fernandez. I could argue or Dontrell Willis. I could argue or Josh Beckett. A lot of players succeeded as young pitchers with the Marlins organization. Yuri Perez, the best pitching prospect in the big leagues, unhittable, throws 99, 100, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Guess what? You're in the big leagues now. There is no translating from minor league baseball to major league baseball. All these people who do their top 100 lists and everyone's this prospect and that prospect do not understand the realities of the game. When you are a lights-out pitcher against double-A hitters, that does not mean you're a lights-out pitcher against major league hitters. It is so rare when you see pitchers come up and have runs like they have, whether it's Valenzuela, whether it's Jose. Those are the exceptions by far. So we lost those two. We then told you the Blue Jays would beat the Braves. I didn't think they'd sweep them, but they did. So we went one and two. We are now 75 and 73. Let me give you my pick for today. And we're going to revisit the St. Louis Cardinals. 
I don't know why I'm talking so much about the Cardinals. I think I must love St. Louis and the people who live there, which I do. A few days ago, St. Louis, and we did a whole segment on this, we're changing catchers. We signed Contreras, but now we're not going to let him catch. We're going to have him DH, and we're going to have him play the outfield. No, he's not going to play outfield. He's going to DH. No, he's not going to DH. He's actually going to catch. All in a week, they had him back catching. What's going on there? How does this work? How does an organization that's known for discipline and success all of a sudden become disorganized and silly? What would cause the Cardinals to reverse their course on Contreras? Do you think that it was all the negative attention? Do you think they sat around in the front office and said, hey, did you see that article? Did you see that tweet? We never talked about one time what the media said. Didn't care. I'll tell you what we did talk about. What our scouts said, what our player personnel people said, what our owner said. If the owner, Bill DeWitt, didn't want Contreras catching and the baseball people gave in and then were able to convince DeWitt to let him catch again, that means the Cardinals are being run differently now. It never used to be they'd have to do that. It never used to be that DeWitt would insist on what the Cardinals were doing. So let's see, maybe it's the second thing. The baseball people went to DeWitt and said, sorry about that big free agent contract, but we're not going to have him catch anymore. We don't think he's quite getting it. And Bill DeWitt said, hey, you're running the team. Make the decision. Six days later, hey, Bill, just kidding. What do you mean? Who are you talking to? Well, we were talking in the big league clubhouse and we forgot to really talk about this issue with everybody else in the organization. And once it came out that we were doing it, we got some calls from people who pointed out that this probably would not be a smart move. So we're going to reverse course. Why compound bad mistakes after bad mistakes and bad decisions after bad decisions? It's like throwing good money after bad. That's how you get poor. The best way to get rich is to throw good money after good and to know when to not throw any more money on something bad. It's the ability to be wrong. What do you think? The Cardinals, that great front office, can never be wrong? You think the Rays can never be wrong? Of course, people are wrong. The smartest people admit when they're wrong, and they admit it faster than everybody else. You think the Cardinals used the media to say they were wrong? God, I hope not, because if it's true, you guys are all screwed, all Cardinals fans. And the NL Central is in great hands in the great state of Wisconsin. Not Pittsburgh, Wisconsin. So the only possible thing I can think of that had the Cardinals reversing course is they realized internally that their decision was bad, so they changed it. I am not giving the media credit. I'm not giving the Twitterverse credit because we all knew that it was a bunch of horse crap to begin with. Well, they get to show right now, right now, starting today, they are trying to catch the Brewers. They play the Brewers. It is time. It's only May. Halfway through May. Do you know the statistics about what happens once you get to Memorial Day? You are pretty much where you are. That means the Cardinals need to get hot right now and start making up some ground. And they've got Flaherty on the mound, who's been mediocre. God, I hate to say because he was so dominant before his injuries. Flaherty is giving a pittance, minus 105 to the Brewers. And I am going to still maintain my belief with the St. Louis Cardinals because I have them winning the division, but they better start now. Cardinals over Brewers. That's my pick of the day for today. Off day in the NBA. I was going to go to game seven, but there is no game seven. I could still go to the guard and maybe I'll see Jeremy. What a nightmare. Knicks, done. 
Monty Williams done. John Morant, you're next. It's just business. This is nothing personal. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.